Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome into Outkick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having a fantastic Thursday, wherever you may be across this great country or this great land. We have got snowfall continuing as I speak in the city of Nashville. About to take out the boys and go do some sledding, I believe, on what is a never-ending, it feels like, winter. I hope everybody who is watching or listening in the state of Texas is starting to get some relief from the craziness that uh, has come from this winter. The coldest I can ever remember it being in this many places in the country simultaneously, especially places that are usually not this cold. Uh, So uh, I hope all of you are getting better in Texas, Arkansas, uh, Oklahoma, uh, Tennessee, Mississippi, uh, Alabama, wherever, Louisiana I think also, wherever there may be uh, weather conditions people are not used to. Uh, I hope your power is holding up and getting better if your power has been an issue. we got a lot to dive into uh, but I want to start off telling you go sign up for FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash Clay. Go right now. Tennessee, Michigan, Virginia, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, uh, West Virginia, Colorado, Pennsylvania, and New Jersey just for me being able to remember all 10 of those states right off the top of my head. Up to $1,000 free to gamble with rolling into the weekend at FanDuel.com slash Clay. One more time, that is FanDuel.com slash Clay. All right, a lot to get to here uh, in the show. Biggest story by far, of course, Carson Wentz is now headed to the Colts. What do we think about this? Who do we think will win this battle? I think it is an intriguing question. Up to a first rounder if Carson Wentz plays 75% of the snaps or 70% and the Colts make the playoffs it's going to be I think roughly equivalent uh, with the Colts the performance that they will get out of Carson Wentz uh, as they go forward will be similar to what they got from Phillip Rivers. Now, a couple of decent thought patterns here in the larger picture. Colts have to go get a left tackle with Costanzo retiring. Love what they're doing with Jonathan Taylor. Uh, like their offensive line. Otherwise, I think they will protect Carson Wentz well. If you look at what Carson Wentz was capable of doing with Frank Reich as his offensive coordinator, that is clearly the gamble that the Colts are taking that Reich will be the perfect coach for Carson Wentz as he attempts to regain the MVP form that he showed in 2017. What I would say in general is once you have proven that you can play at a high level I'm more optimistic that you can get back there. Now, there are certainly guys who have played at a very high level and never really gotten back there uh, at the quarterback position. Cam Newton is one but Carson Wentz is younger. I like what Frank Reich I believe will be able to do with him. The numbers were great with Andrew Luck before he retired. Even really good numbers I thought in the grand scheme of things from Phillip Rivers last year and he couldn't move at all behind the offensive line with the ability to hand off to Jonathan Taylor. I like the potential of Carson Wentz in Indianapolis. I think this is a good move. couple of stats for you. Um, this, is, uh, this is wild. With the trade of Carson Wentz 
there's now not a single quarterback drafted in the first round from 2009 to 2016 that is still with his original team. That's 0 for 22. Let me repeat that. From 2009 to 2016 that entire window in the NFL every single quarterback who was drafted in the first round is now no longer with the team that drafted him. 0 for 22 in terms of long-range stability at the quarterback position there. Now, 2009 is a substantial amount of time ago uh, but given that quarterbacks who are really successful typically never move on from the teams that drafted them unless there was a major injury issue that's a pretty wild stat that is out there. 0 for 22 I think it speaks to how difficult in general it is to find the right guy and plug them in at the, uh, at the right spot. Also important here the NFL has announced and I'm looking up the, uh, the official story here the NFL has announced that they are going to have a floor of $180 million on the salary cap. That's a floor of $180 million. We don't know what the ceiling we don't know what the actual salary cap is going to be that won't be announced till next month but that is helping to alleviate many of the concerns because two-thirds of the teams are over the salary cap given that we may get new NFL TV announcements it's possible that some of these numbers get moved around in a substantial way so that the salary cap doesn't collapse in this upcoming year uh, and you sort of modulate it out in the years ahead uh, so because of the COVID impact obviously in the NFL. Worth mentioning here uh, Colts quarterback Carson Wentz contract $25.4 million in 2021 fully guaranteed $22 million in 2022 $25 million in 2023 $26 million in 2024 So uh, this, is, uh, this is interesting but total vested money not much more than about $47.4 million over two years. If it doesn't work out that's not an awful salary uh, because at $24.6 million average per year is reasonable if it works out. If it doesn't work out then the Colts in two years will be back on the market looking for a new quarterback. Those are the data points that I think are significant about the Carson Wentz uh, trade. Uh, Let's talk for a minute about Fernando Tatis Jr. I think this is also a really fascinating deal. 14 years and I'm going to do the math to make sure I got this right 14 uh, years at $340 million an average of just shy of $24.3 million a year for the next 14 years. This is becoming the trend line in Major League Baseball. I don't know if you've paid a lot of attention to this but young guys are getting paid now before they are getting old enough to hit multiple years of free agency. This is the third most lucrative uh, baseball contract that we've ever seen. It's all guaranteed unlike in say the NFL where you get massive contract dollars announced but it isn't all guaranteed. $340 million to Tatis Jr. Effectively he is signed to be a lifelong Padre. Now they could trade him Uh, There could be uh, aspects of this deal that end up getting altered but at his age I think he was third in NFL MVP the Padres are going after aggressively the Dodgers who are the defending World Series champs. Dodgers have obviously made a lot of moves including getting Trevor Bauer they got Mookie Betts under a big contract. 
So we'll see what exactly ends up happening with Tatis Jr. But in theory he would spend almost his entire career in San Diego uh, and he'd be banking $340 million $24.3 million a year on average over the next 14 years. What's the risk here? It's another business decision. On the back end of this deal Tatis Jr. is going to be very well uh, paid relative to the Padres ideas because $24 million in a decade is probably not going to seem like a lot of money for a top player if Tatis Jr. pans out and becomes the all-star for the next decade plus that we anticipate seeing. If he does not pan out then on his side he's got the team on the hook for $340 million no matter what. Health concerns he doesn't have any of them anymore. Uh, this is a fascinating gamble because the team is betting on his long-range future being even better than I think Tatis Jr. is gambling on may never become a real unrestricted free agent in his entire baseball career locking in $340 million guaranteed which by the way after taxes in California hate to be after taxes guy but it's about half of that uh, but still a really impressive performance uh, for both the Padres and Tatis Jr. This is a, a business story that to me is worth following to see who ended up getting the best possible deal in the long-range aspect there. A uh, lot of talk. A lot of talk by the way about Ted Cruz going to Cancun for a couple of days while there is uh, major issues going on in the state of Texas while we've got uh, what I called Snowmageddon going on. Uh, you know, I'm not as, uh, as, as upset about this as many people in the blue checkmark brigade are because I don't see it as particularly hypocritical. What I care about and what I have talked about is if you are involved in arguing in favor of lockdowns or shutdowns or saying nobody should be traveling because of COVID and then you're caught traveling like we saw with a bunch of uh, people who were involved in schools uh, if you're a teacher involved in the teachers union and you're saying it's not safe for kids to be in school and then you take a trip to Puerto Rico like we saw the Chicago person did or you take a trip to the Caribbean like we saw the Nashville school board member doing if you're behaving in that manner it's hypocritical for you to do so. If you are a senator who is not involved in regulating state or city direct, uh, direct behavior I don't see this as particularly hypocritical. If you want to write about it if you want to talk about it I understand why you might do that. Larger context here. How is it that the Blue Checkmark Brigade members are covering Ted Cruz taking a trip with his family to Mexico more aggressively than they are covering Andrew Cuomo's cover-ups of thousands of deaths from COVID in New York? I mean one of the big issues that I have with many people in the media today is there is such a race to decide whether someone is on the right side or not that you don't apply an even standard no matter whether somebody's a Republican or whether somebody is a Democrat. And that I think is one of the great failures of the media today and why so few people actually trust the media. One reason why our audience at OutKick is exploding in a good way is because whether or not you agree or disagree with me the precedent behind my decisions applies evenly whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. I am far more troubled by hypocritical politicians arguing that we need to have shutdowns or that schools shouldn't be open who then 
end up traveling themselves than I am somebody who goes on vacation with his family at a time uh, when uh, they are able to go on vacation. I tried to go to Cancun this week. I got snowed in in Tennessee. Now I'm not a senator. You can argue that senators if things are going bad in their home states shouldn't actually leave the home state at any point. But you know you can work anywhere. I mean if anything COVID has taught us that you can be just as effective working remotely as you can physically located in a particular place. So again the precedent here is nowhere near the same and I would love to see how many of the blue check marks that are outraged by Ted Cruz hopping on a plane to go to uh, Mexico with his family are similarly uh, outraged by what's going on in New York with Andrew Cuomo uh, which is a much much more serious storyline that I believe deserves to be covered much more aggressively than it has been by most people in the media. And again, media to me shouldn't be biased. They shouldn't be carrying water for one side or the other. If you aren't, uh, if you're an objective journalist and you aren't regularly being criticized by Democrats as often as you're being criticized by Republicans you're probably not doing your job. And one of the challenges that we have in this country now is that there is very little actual objective journalism. I mean right down the middle just committed to sharing the facts with you regardless of who it ends up favoring or disfavoring. Just give me the facts. And we see so little of that right now that everything is coming day to day on a partisan slant. Now there is a difference between news and opinion too which many people seem unable to distinguish between. So I'm not criticizing people who are clearly in the opinion business. If you want to be in the opinion business and be a far left winger or be a far right winger that's your right. You can do that. The problem is everybody shouldn't be in the opinion business. We need more people giving us facts and less people giving us opinion who are quote-unquote in the journalism field. And I think oftentimes that's been destroyed that distinction by Twitter and by the blue checkmark brigade out there that is perpetually all in a mob chasing the exact same story at the exact same time. Have you paid attention to this story uh, in the world of sports the transfer portal? Everybody I don't know that this is getting anywhere near as much attention as it should in college football right now. In college football there are hundreds of kids that are interested in transferring that have absolutely nowhere to go right now. In fact of everybody that has entered the transfer portal only 28% of the people that have entered the transfer portal have found new scholarships at different places. Why is that? Because COVID means that the eligibility year didn't count in the college football season that was just played. There are a lot of new freshmen arriving in the class of 2021 who will be taking up scholarships and There are a lot of players trying to decide whether or not they're going to return for an additional year. The result is many programs don't have any real scholarships to be giving out and so players are overvaluing how much interest there is in them and when they are entering the transfer portal unless you're moving from FBS down to FCS that is transferring down a level of play there are not a lot of options out there for players to move to new teams. It is worth paying attention to because I think this is going to continue to grow as we move closer and closer to the end of this semester. Now one benefit 
is that many kids out there have the ability to stay eligible. They don't have to necessarily be on campus. They can stay eligible through remote learning as, uh, as they are going through the process. But I think there are going to be a lot of people who are expecting to be able to leave the programs that they're with now that frankly the job and opportunity for a scholarship just isn't there. I don't know how many of you watched late last night Serena Williams versus Naomi Osaka. I didn't know this. Naomi Osaka is the highest paid woman in all of sports right now making nearly $40 million a year much of that off the court via endorsements. Serena Williams age of 39 going up against a 23-year-old and one of the things that is unique about sports is it teaches all of us to come to grips with our mortality at a far younger age than we might otherwise be capable of grasping. And what I mean by that is yes, Tom Brady at the age of 43 just won a championship but it's not uncommon at all for guys who are expecting to have a long-range future or girls to realize that their athletic ability goes long before their interest and drive and desire to play uh, is gone. And Serena Williams has had one of the greatest careers if not the greatest career of any women's athlete ever. But she now has gone four years without winning a Grand Slam. It seems like she might come incredibly close but still short of setting the all-time women's Grand Slam record. Uh, She is one behind tying right now and uh, the wake of the Australian Open it felt like in many ways she was acknowledging that she may never get to that absolute apex that she had sought after still so far a remarkable career it wouldn't surprise me if she decides to retire from tennis at the US Open this year Uh, but she still has an opportunity at the French Open opportunity at Wimbledon uh, and certainly an opportunity at the US Open over the course of this year as she will turn I believe 40 years old to try and demonstrate that she's still capable of winning a championship I'm rooting for her to be able to still win another championship because I want somebody around my own age uh, to continue to establish that they have excellence. I'm 41. Serena's about to be 40 so we are contemporaries uh, in terms of our age. Speaking of failure and the, the rationalization and realization of not being able to succeed one reason let me take a step back. The thing that I admire most that I have come to admire most as I have gotten older is fearlessness. Because so many people out there are fearful of failure to such an extent that they never actually take a risk. I've taken a lot of risks in my life. Some of them have panned out. Many of them have not. I've talked about the fact that God forbid I lost $50,000 trying to sell pants uh, one time. Uh, But if you don't fail it means that you are not striving at a high level very often. In fact it often means that you are not attempting to advance either as a person or as a career professional or just in your life in general. Failure is not a bad thing. We have created this idea that failure is uh, the end result and that somehow it represents a loss for the overall person. I, I just fundamentally reject that. I think if you are not failing regularly it means that you aren't trying to do new things and you aren't trying to extend your abilities. And so I use that as a backdrop for Tim Tebow. It would have been really easy for Tim Tebow to continue to try to play football. And maybe he would have ended up having some modicum of success I would say as a first round draft pick who won a playoff game for the team that drafted him. 
he had more success honestly than I think anybody by and large really anticipated that he would have in the NFL. But to me, Tebow going for five years and attempting to be a Major League Baseball player eventually making it to AAA was an incredible accomplishment and I give him credit for going all in in a situation where many people said he had absolutely no chance of success. In fact, I think all of Tim Tebow's critics if you had told them that he was going to play baseball for five years and advance to AAA they would have told you that that was very unlikely to happen. This guy didn't play baseball since he was in high school decided that he had a love affair with the game and attempted to become a professional much older in life than almost anyone goes into professional baseball. Yes, he did not succeed in the context of becoming a Major League Baseball player but he succeeded in answering the question of whether he could do it or not. He wasn't afraid of failure. He wasn't afraid of ridicule. He wasn't afraid of embracing all of the challenges in front of him and attempting to do whatever he thought was possible. I give a great deal of credit to Tim Tebow for that reason Uh, even though he has now announced his retirement from baseball. Failure is not a bad result. Failure means oftentimes that you reached as far as you possibly could and just came up a little bit short. We have to erase this idea that failing is something to be ashamed of. Trying your hardest and attempting to extend your reach sometimes means that that you will fail but in so doing you learn a great deal about yourself and about the next thing that you are going to attempt in life. It isn't a bad thing to lose. It's a bad thing to be so afraid to try anything that you are terrified of losing and don't do that. Winning is a function of being willing to take a risk. Fearlessness sometimes leads to failure. That's okay because fearlessness also almost always in my experience ultimately leads to success. Finally, uh, this is an interesting storyline that I I think is intriguing to follow. We've talked a lot about uh, Gina Garano uh, and the fact that she was fired by Disney Plus for sharing opinions that Hollywood deemed to be unacceptable. And basically Hollywood deems any opinion that isn't far left wing to be unacceptable. We are in an era I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that is a mirror image in many ways of the McCarthy era back in the 1950s. If you're not familiar with that era of time I'd encourage you to go read about it. Hollywood was rabidly anti-communist and anybody who had communist sympathetic sympathizing going on in Hollywood was blacklisted and not allowed to make a living based on those communistic beliefs. And so that is the analogy that I believe applies most crisply and clearly here to what we are dealing with with the Blue Checkmark Brigade checking every single person's opinion and determining whether or not it is acceptable or not going forward. And to me this is interesting. Uh, The Mandalorian figurines of Cara Dune I think. I haven't watched this show. I think it's Cara Dune uh, was the character that Gina Carano played. Uh, They are selling for up to $500 right now because they're being discontinued and many people believe these are going to be Star Wars collector's items. You can't find them anywhere. Uh, Amazon, eBay, wherever you're going you're going to have to pay around $500 now because they've been discontinued. Uh, But I do find this to be such an interesting perspective to examine 
I think in the years ahead the Gina Caranos of the world people who said what they actually thought and suffered severe consequences because of it I think they're going to turn into superstars and I think we're going to look back on this era when anybody with a thought that was not far left wing was not allowed to make a living in Hollywood and I think all those people who care about being on the quote right side of history are going to ultimately find themselves on the wrong side of history as it pertains to the marketplace of ideas the First Amendment and what is and what is not acceptable in terms of your opinions to be able to go earn a living. And I've wrote this in my book which by the way I was looking at this morning because we were talking about Rush Limbaugh we did a big segment on his comments about Donovan McNabb Uh, this is my most recent book but I wrote in this this book uh, that I really do believe that one of the things that we've gotten the most wrong in the world of sports and in the world of Hollywood and the world of pop culture and our universe as a nation in general is this idea that somehow your opinion whatever your opinion is is a reflection upon the place where you earn a living. And it's one of the things that I would just like to repudiate as a fundamental failure that has led to cancel culture in general. Just because your employee has a different opinion than you in his private life or her private life doesn't mean that they shouldn't be able to make a living working in this country. It's wild to me that anybody would expect that Disney would have to answer for whatever opinions Gina Carano might have. It's wild to me that anybody out there would presume that any individual speaks for anyone other than themselves. I've said this before. I'm married. If you're married, you know what I'm talking about. I don't even speak for my entire household when I tell you whatever my opinion is. My wife disagrees with at least half of every opinion that I have and maybe more than half of my opinions. That's her right because she's an individual. I'm not responsible for her opinions just like she's not responsible for my opinions. This is leaving aside OutKick the business that I own that employs a lot of people with a lot of different opinions out there. I'm not responsible for whatever opinions they have. They're responsible for their opinions. I'm not even responsible for my household's opinions. I'm just responsible for my own opinions. And we shouldn't be hiring or firing people for their own opinions just because they might differ than what the CEO of a company believes. This is something that we've gotten fundamentally wrong as a country and it has led directly to cancel culture because the first thing that happens anytime someone says something that you disagree with is people on social media run right to the company and they say Oh my God! Did you see what insert person said here? How in the world can you employ them? And the answer should be because we employ lots of people who believe lots of different things they're entitled to their opinions just like you are entitled to your opinion. What is scary in America should not be difference of opinion even if it's a difference of opinion that you strongly disagree with it's uniformity of opinion because that is how you end up in a totalitarian country where everybody publicly agrees even though it's a big fat lie. Think about it. My name is Clay Travis DBAP unless you need to SBAP I am as always your fearless leader in charge of OutKick. Go sign up if you like everything that I say at OutKick.com slash VIP. This has been OutKick the show.